Hey everyone, welcome to Pieces of You, a show about life through the lens of four fierce and resilient women who lost their moms too damn soon. Each episode will feature stories to inspire hope, healing, and connection. Because if we work together, we can make the broken better. Hey, this is Sarah, and I am here with Christine. Hi, everyone. This is actually our final episode of all four of our mini episodes. Each of us have been honored to be able to share a piece of us with each of you. And today in our final episode, I get to interview the lovely Christine. Thank you. Of course. Welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. A little nervous, but excited to be here. I know the feeling. I I did this myself a couple weeks, well, yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, let's get started. Who would you say your people are? Sure. I'm happy to share my people with you. I have four kids, so we'll start there. My oldest is Autumn. She's 15. Eden is 13. I have a son, Zion, who's 10, and another son, Holden, who's seven. And I'm currently in the process of getting a divorce. I'm separated from my partner, almost ex-partner. How do you say it? Josh. Actually, by the time this airs, our divorce will be official. It's been a journey, different type of grief I've been navigating. Mm -hmm. We're working really hard to um, remain friends and co-parent our children together. So that's really positive. Wow. And then I have two older brothers, my brother Kevin and his two boys are in the Chicago area. They're adult boys. um, So men, adult men. And then my brother Craig lives in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area with his family. He has a wife and two kids. And then who else? I have uh, my chosen people, my dear friends. Actually, one of the most amazing gifts I have recognized in the last year are all of the incredible friendships that I have. Those vary from people I've known since I was a child to dear, dear ones that I grew with in college, and then some friends that I've met in my adult life. And then I do have a dad I want to mention. However, he died 10 years ago. So he is a person that was in my life. I just want to mention and acknowledge him, even though he's no longer living. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Christine. You've got a nice big group of people and I've, I've gotten to meet some of them, but not all. Yes. I am eager to hear you answer this next question. This is how I actually met you, but uh, what is your work? Have you ever heard of Elizabeth Gilbert and she talks about being a hummingbird? Um, She talks about this in regards to work where you're like interested in something for a little bit, like a hummingbird, and then you move to the next. Yeah. So that's kind of been my journey and my current journey right now. I've been an at-home mom officially since my second was born. She's 13. So yeah, around 13 years. But really, I'm I'm not just momming. My partner, Josh, actually has a construction business. So I do the office manager work for the business. And then we have some rental properties. So I do some property management. With that, I also have my real estate license, uh, which I don't use a ton but it is something I do on occasion when friends and family ask me to help them. I often do. So I do that. That's where I actually get paid. That's crazy. (laughs) I honestly, I forget that. And then what I'm so, so passionate about is my work as a founder 
of a nonprofit called She Climbs Mountains that serves women and girls through our programming Girls Rise Up who have experienced the loss of their mothers through death. Our programming includes lots of different things, um, and it's what I'm extremely passionate about. And I believe in the work and I believe in the healing that comes from community. Yes, yes, yes. And just to clarify, that is the avenue of work that I met Christine through. I actually was less familiar with all of your other forms of work. (laughs) And I don't know how you have time for all of that because She Climbs Mountains and Girls Rise Up are phenomenal organizations that do work that no one else is really doing in this area. And there's a huge need for it. And it's changed my life. My healing journey has propelled immensely because of that. And we'll get into that in another episode. Wow. That makes me feel emotional and I'm glad. And I want to say it's changed my life too. I never really knew anyone else who had experienced the loss of their mom until I started facilitating some workshops. And at that time I was, I was older. I was, I mean, I was 37. I feel like I was old enough that maybe I would know someone in my life. And I really didn't. And then through this community, I have met so many women and I really never thought that I could feel less alone or less aching. I still do feel those things, but it's softened for me since Mm -hmm. being in community with other women. A hundred percent. Yeah. There's a void that will never be filled, but the connections that I've made in She Climbs Mountains, like you were just saying, have come the closest to like soothing that pain. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, I guess that's kind of a relevant segue into the next part of our interview, which is going to focus on your mom and your story of loss. So would you mind just starting by sharing your mom's name? Her name is Loralee Ann Meyer. That's my maiden name. Her maiden name was Klotz, just Mm. an FYI. So Loralee is her name. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah. What was she like? Tell us about her. Oh, so yeah, she was, she was amazing and complicated though. So it's not that simple. I want to call her a joy bringer and someone with a contagious laugh who gave of herself. Oh, look at me getting all teary eyed. Yeah, it's okay. Um, by the way, the anniversary of her death is tomorrow. So <gasps> this is timely, our conversation. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, um, she had a servant spirit. And um, I will say, I think though, to some extent, it was a fault. She gave up herself at times to the detriment of herself. You know, unfortunately that was modeled for me and I, I, I've taken that on <laughs> as an adult, um, but working to shed that actually now. I feel like she also really modeled for me and my brothers to ask questions and to not just take something at its face to really explore and to come to to decisions on your own with your own exploration and by asking questions. That's something I really appreciate about what she gave to me, right? That perspective of always ask questions and come to a conclusion that makes sense to you. Um, Mm -hmm. it, It doesn't have to be what other people say or people in authority say. She was also a musician. She was a piano player, a a pianist, and she loved to sing, though she wasn't very good. (laughs) Um, My dad was really good, um, and and I actually had uh, some talent for singing. So I remember me and my dad would sometimes be 
with her in church and it was, she would belt it out and it was like, she was feeling it, but I wasn't, Uh (laughs) but she loved that expression of singing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would say she was a great support. She had dear friends, very close, dear friends. As far as her profession, she was a teacher and she taught in elementary school. And I feel like she was a teacher in all aspects of her life too. And she also taught some workshops for adults on parenting. I learned that later in life. I didn't realize she was doing that while um, she was alive. I knew that she did workshops, but I didn't care to know about what. As an adult, I found that interesting that she did that, um, that passion to support parents. I love it. You painted such a beautiful picture of her. I she sounds like an incredible woman. And I love that I can put a face to her. I don't know if, I guess this would be the first time people might be hearing, you know, that the picture on our logo features your mom. She's Mm, on it with you. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it it captures that joy so well. Yeah. She was very silly. Oh, very silly. You, and you are too. Yeah, that's funny. I don't I don't think not like her. I don't have an ease about myself that mm. that she did and I think largely because she died when she did. I think that's impacted me in that way. Yeah. Do you mind going in now and sharing your story of loss? Yeah. As you know, I feel very strongly about the power of sharing our stories. Mm-hmm. Um when I was 11 and in the 6th grade, my mom was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer. At the time she was given just three months to live. She decided that she was going to try to fight it. And so she ended up having surgery, a full hysterectomy, and then chemotherapy. What that resulted in was her living longer than was expected. After two years At the time, they would say um, a cancer patient was in remission. At the time, that was back in uh, the late 80s. Actually, it was right after Christmas time that she was originally diagnosed. So it was in January. Two years later, we celebrated um, her her two-year remission. Remember those printers with like perforated uh, paper, like the perforated ends on, on the... Like the, the holes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pr- yeah. I, and you could print banners. I printed a banner like and wore oh. <laughs> her on one of those and then, oh. and, uh, and put it above our fireplace. So You're we, so cute. <laughs> we celebrated. Unfortunately, shortly after that, she wasn't feeling well and went in for uh, an appointment and found out that the cancer had metastasized to her brain which is actually really rare for ovarian cancer to metastasize to the brain, but it was a metastasis. It went to her brain. She had two uh, towards the front of her head and one, I'm sorry, two tumors towards Mm -hmm. the front of her head and one tumor at the back of her head. And she ended up having surgery to remove the one on the back of her head and then radiation on the other two at the front of her head. This is the summer of 89. And by then, the doctors felt like they had thwarted the growth of the cancer, of the tumors in her brain. But in the fall of 89, they found that the cancer had actually spread everywhere. It was everywhere in her body. Um, So she was actually given a choice. You can continue treatment. It would really be maintenance treatment at that point and likely die from the treatment, or you can stop treatment. 
And so she chose to stop her treatment. Um, Oh, feeling the emotions rise, Mm -hmm. Sarah. Mm -hmm. That Christmas, we were all together with her. She has two brothers and her parents were still alive at the time. So we were all together that Christmas. That was the last time we were together. And then after the holidays, things went really downhill. We ended up having hospice in our home. Um, We moved our dining room table and set up a hospital bed for her in in the dining room. We had, my grandparents ended up staying with us and largely caring for her. Um, And then we had home nurses, home healthcare providers come in and, and check in on occasion. I don't know how long that lasted. I, I think it was about six weeks. And then it got to the point of she would no longer take food or water. So she had to go to the hospital. So we actually, it was very traumatic. Um, we actually had to have an ambulance come and get her and she was very distraught. And because the cancer was in her brain, she was saying some really scary things like, why do you want to kill me? And, you know, it was very, very traumatic experience to witness that. And I was there for that. Um, Remind, remind us how old were you when all this was happening? Yeah. 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 I was point, I was 15. I had just turned 15. It was my freshman year. Okay. of high school. And my mom was 44. Wow. Okay. She was wrapped in like a burrito type sleeping bag device, um, in order to get her on a stretcher. And they took her in the ambulance to the hospital. And she ended up living a couple of more weeks in the hospital. My grandparents thankfully were there with her the majority of the time. And unfortunately the week before she died, it was our spring break. So I mentioned Tomorrow is the anniversary of her death. At the time, it was actually the Saturday before Easter. So the week before was the spring break for my high school. I was in band and our band was going on a tour to Florida and playing in a competition. And somehow uh, my family decided that I should still go. So that was really tough because I was gone and every day really fearful. She's going to die while I'm here. And then what happens? Like, how do I get home? And I remember calling home every day. Like, how is she? You know, thankfully she waited (laughs) for me to get home. And so I got home on a Thursday. I was able to spend Friday with her the majority of the day until like dinner time. I sang to her and brought her a conch from Florida that I gave to her that I still have and a couple of my favorite stuffed animals. And then the next day, Saturday, April 14th, again, that was the day before Easter that year. And um, she died that night at around 1130 PM. And my grandpa, my grandparents were both with her and my grandpa called us at home. And then, and then we went and got to see her. I got to see her and I got to actually I don't think a lot of things were handled well after my mom died, but I will say this moment was they um, let me go in and spend time with her alone. Um, and all the machines had been moved away at that point. Um, and I got to hold her hand and say goodbye. That's a lot, Christine. That's like, it's so much more than just that, you know, the moment that she died. There is so much leading up to that. And it's a lot. It, it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it some, sometimes still is, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is, I'm realizing too, the first time I've heard that story. And it's it's weird to me to realize, like, I didn't, 
there's so many parallels between our stories that I didn't realize. Um, That's the power, power of sharing our stories. I know it is. All right, Christine. So thank you again so much for sharing the story of your loss. How do you feel like your loss has impacted you? It's a good question. I think everything changed because of my mom's death. My lens was completely altered. I don't know. I think I became a really independent person, probably to a fault that I I don't depend on other people enough or trust other people enough the way I think would be meaningful in this life. But I'm working on that. Obviously, I'm passionate about mother loss and the impact that it has. So, you know, it's obviously brought me to a place of wanting to serve others and, and create a community of support for women who have experienced the loss of this most essential person. There are so many things, but I'm just going to say one other thing. I think my loss has brought me to a place of recognizing the importance of sorrow and experiencing sorrow. And I think my sorrow has allowed me to experience joy in a way that I might not have otherwise been able to. And so with that joy, I also have deep gratitude uh, that I get to experience all of that, all of those emotions. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a gift. Totally. I feel like one of the taglines for uh, grieving people, grieving daughters, anyone could be grateful and sad at the same time. Mm. Those feelings coexisting at once, they feel so different, but it really does sum up so much of the experience of loss. Yeah, agree. Finally, what do you feel you are bringing to this podcast because of your loss? The two things I'm hoping to bring are joy and empathy. You know, I think I've touched on joy a couple of times, both my mom's and mine. And so it's really something I want people to know is possible uh, to experience even amidst the grief that you might hold, like you were saying, mm-hmm. you know, I, like you were saying that you can hold two seemingly opposing emotions at the mm-hmm. same time. You actually can, you can, right. It's kind of mind boggling, but you can. And, and then, like, yeah. Yeah. And then empathy. I think my experience has allowed me to really have empathy, to have deep empathy. I'm a very emotional person. So I think I kind of tend towards that anyway, but this experience has opened me up to that in an even greater way. Those are the two things I'm really hoping I can convey through this experience on the podcast. Oh, yay. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Christine, for sharing your story with me and with all of our listeners. Thank you for listening this week, everyone. And thank you again to Christine for sharing your story. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. We release new content every other Tuesday. Our next and first full-length episode, The Making of Pieces of You podcast, will be available on Tuesday, May 18th. We'll be talking all things behind the scenes, how and why we decided to launch this podcast, and the process of making it a reality. You can listen wherever you stream your podcasts. You can also find us at piecesofyoupodcast.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Pieces of You Podcast. Take care of yourselves. And remember, if we work together, we can make the broken better. feel like you need glue to put back pieces of you then we will
together to make the broken better when the wounds are fresh and new and you don't think that they'll heal soon you gotta stay open if you share your story it will get better though it doesn't feel like ever and you'll get stronger it's a journey we'll get through together for you.